It is student takeover weekend, which means uh, our friend Chris Townley, our student pastor, is going to be bringing the word to us today, and so uh, I'm going to welcome, and I just want to say that I've got three kids who are in our student ministry around here, and I love that Chris has spiritual influence in their lives, and I think all of you who have parents who hang around our student ministry around here would feel the exact same way. So on that note, would you please welcome our student pastor, Chris Townley, to the stage. Hey there. I'm Chris, student pastor, right, like you said, and and I don't know if you guys ever get this, but sometimes when you think of a student pastor, right, people are like, they're kind of like the smaller, less important version of a real pastor, (laughs) right, like I actually get people who ask me, like, when are you going to be a real pastor? And and so it's kind of looked like that that's the case, right, so I'm kind of setting up, no, I got it, don't worry, you take the weekend off, right, (laughs) like I've got this set up. We're good to go here. So, you know, our, our real pastor, he's got this, this nice iPad stand, but the lesser version, right, <laughs> we just have an iPod touch, and it doesn't quite work the same way, so we're not going to use that. It does fit in the drink koozie, however, All right, so we'll put that there. I'm going to take this guy. I got this one, too, and right, we'll just set him right up here. There you go. All right, so yeah, yeah. now we're set. We're set. Uh, all, all kidding aside, though, uh, I am thankful for the opportunity to be here. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Like it's been mentioned a few times, right, this is student takeover weekend, so in a sense, the students have taken over the stage, right? So you saw some young faces leading us in worship, singing along. Those are real-life students. Those are, the, those are real students. Like, pretty sweet, huh? They're going to come back out here in a little bit. And, and so, like I said, right, here I am speaking on behalf of students, for students, because I love students. But, but with that, when I say that, I feel like that there's a bit of a, an elephant in the room right now. And I, and I kind of need to address it. And it's the fact that I'm wearing a baseball hat. All right? So I'm going to wear it the whole time. And just because I wear a baseball hat and I look like I'm 12, I'm not a student. Okay? I'm not a student. That's not, that's not the thing. And, and so I do struggle with wearing hats on stage or perhaps texting too much. I, I'll, lis- I'll listen to an occasional Justin Bieber song, all right? So you're just going to have to look past all of that and bear with me today. But, again, jokes aside, right? Student Takeover is an opportunity for us as a church, as a family, to be reminded that, that our middle school and high school students are actual, integral, meaningful members of the Journey Church family. We're reminded that they they contribute and they're just as much a part of what we do around here on a week-in, week-out basis as anybody else. So that's another reason that we do Student Takeover. Give it up for our students. Yeah. That's a cool thing. That's a cool thing. And so to bring you up to speed on what's happening this weekend, right? we're smack dab in the middle of a series that we're calling This Is How We Do It. This is how we do it, and what we're doing is is we're looking at what the Bible says, not Christian culture or something like that, about following Jesus. Pretty good idea for a church, huh? Right? Do a series on what the Bible says, right? You didn't think you were going to get something different, I don't think. And so to be completely honest with you, which I hope to be throughout our entire time here, this message that I have for us is quite challenging, right? And it's something that, that I'm still working on, I'm processing, I'm learning to apply, right, and so I'm just going to kind of take you along for the ride, 
All right, and so I hope that's okay, and we'll just kind of work through it together, and, you, and you'll see that, that, yeah, it's a bit challenging, and we're all going to have to start to process it and apply it together. But before we dive into that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to share something with all of you that I often share to our students, and I, and I thought it might be meaningful for, for some of you as well, no matter what age you are or where you're at or whatever that looks like. And so this is what I often stand in front of our middle school and high school students and I'll say, and I'll say this. I'll say, I don't believe that you are the future. Right now I'll get that look like, what? Right, I, I don't believe that about any of you. I don't believe that you're the future. I don't believe that you're the past. I don't believe that you're washed up. Right, not at all. What I believe is I believe that all of us here, we're the now. Right? We're, we're not the next Christians, we're not the next church, we're not the next generation, but our opportunity to pursue God is now. Our opportunity to change the world for Christ is now. Right? Our opportunity to make a difference is now. You're already in position to do that. And so not sometime later this week, not sometime later this year, not, not when you've gotten through this part of your life and you're ready for this, then will it happen the time is now, and I believe that with all my heart, and I hope our students begin to believe that with all of their heart, and I hope that all of you begin to believe that with all of your heart as well. So on that note, would you just pray with me? God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to meet in a place like this and hear from a God like you. I pray that today you would open up our hearts to something that is going to be a bit challenging. I pray that we would not push back, but that we would be open to what you might have for us. God, I pray that, that you would change our lives, that, that your love would grow deep down into who we are. And that at the end of the day, when we walk out of here, God, we would be more like you. I pray that whatever comes out of my mouth, God, would be glorifying to you. It would be your truth and it would be founded in your truth. We do all of this for you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. So here we are. I just want to tell you straight away, I'm here to talk to you today because I want to tell you about what it means to follow Jesus. Right? I believe flat out that it's the most important decision that any of us could make ever in our lives. Right? And so today it doesn't matter right, if you've gone to church for years, if you've never been here. It doesn't matter if you're sitting attentively up front or if you're shooting off emails in the back, right? It doesn't matter. I believe that today, the God of the universe, he wants to show you and tell you what it truly means to follow Jesus, all right? And so as I started to think about that, right, because that, that's, that's deep stuff right there. As I started to think about that, I tried to prepare before I come up here, right? And I was thinking, and I started to do some research. And so I was thinking, if Jesus, if he was here in the flesh, right, in this day and age, right now, and standing on the stage, what would he say to us about following him? Well, what would he have for us? And so as I, as I thought more about it, I looked into the Gospels, right, essentially a documentary of Jesus' life, if you will. And what I found there, when I started asking that question, it was rather surprising. It was rather confronting and uncomfortable. Right? And after I, I said that to you, I was going to say, hey, how many of you here 
are bold enough or brave enough to, to take on this, and this message that's so challenging and confronting. And then I was going to see if people would raise their hands, but I decided that I'm not going to do that because I was going to give the message no matter what. And I'm just going to assume that since you walked through those doors, you're brave enough to encounter such a message as that. And so here's the disclaimer before we start. Here's the disclaimer. This is going to be one of the most awkward, uneasy feeling messages you'll hear. Like, quite frankly, this might end up being the worst sermon you've ever heard in your life. All right? It it might be. That's the disclaimer. But let me just say, I, I believe that it also might be one of the most important things you've ever heard in your life. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to unpack what I believe Jesus would say to us if he was standing here right now about what it truly means to follow him, what it truly means to be one of his disciples. All right, so if you have a Bible, would you open it to the book of Mark? The book of Mark. If you don't have a Bible, no big deal, right? Kids would say MBD, no big deal, right? We, we've got it up on the screen. So we're going to turn to Mark 8, verse 34. And right? if you don't have it, it's up here. This is a ginormous screen, which I love because it makes me feel so tall. I always try, I always try and catch myself to see how tall I look, but I, never, I can never get there. Right? And then on that note, you also notice we have one screen today. Normally, where there's two on the sides, there's a rumor swirling around that a football hit one of the projectors, and that may or may not have been on my watch. I don't know. So today, today we've got one screen, all right? And on that one screen is the verse Mark 8, 34, all right? And Mark 8, 34 is probably a passage you've heard before. It's probably something you're familiar with. And this comes from a time when Jesus addressed the crowd and told them precisely what it would take to follow him. Exactly what it would take. So here's what it says. Mark 8, 34 says this. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. So here's some context for you, right? While Jesus was in inhabiting planet Earth, right, he was never short of a crowd. Like everywhere Jesus went, people wanted to gather to listen. Right? They, they were interested in, in this man. Right? There, was, there was something different about him. They, they would go and they'd be like, well, what's the deal with, with this, this radical rabbi, this, this miracle worker? There, there's something different about Jesus, right? He didn't seem or have any, have any scent or sniff of religion Instead, he actually seemed genuine, right, and powerful and miraculous. And so, so everywhere Jesus rolled up, right, people would buzz. The whole town would buzz and, and people would come and gather. And when they would come and gather to investigate this man, right, they, they would start asking questions to themselves like, well, what would it mean to go with this one? What would it mean? What would it entail? What would it cost to follow this one, this one who's different this man who's different, right? And Jesus, being God and, and all-knowing, he understood that these people were thinking this, right? And so Jesus, he wasn't content with just drawing a crowd and then sending them home unchanged, right? He wasn't content with that. He took the opportunity right there when that crowd came and gathered to give it to them straight. Right up front, Jesus gave it to them straight, right? And how many of us, would prefer that people just give it to us straight. 
Right? How many of us would do that? Like, if, if that's you, if you would prefer that someone would just give it to you straight, say it. Give it to me straight. That's good. That's like 25. We had like six people in the service before that who wanted it straight. 25 is really good. So that, that's what Jesus did. Right? He, he was going to give it to them straight. And so he called that crowd to him. Right? And he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me, right? Like fact is that is a terrible way to start a sermon, telling them that it's gonna cost them everything, right? Jesus is saying, we've gotta say goodbye to ourselves, goodbye to our own agenda. We've got to deny ourselves from the beginning and that this, this message that he's giving, it's for everyone, right? Every single person has to put down their preferred ways and take up their cross. It doesn't matter, right? If this, this person has been in church since they were a fetus, right? It doesn't matter if they've been baptized, it doesn't matter if they're a leader. Like this is the bar, the mark, the standard for anyone who would choose to follow Jesus. That's what he's saying, right? Up front, he's saying it's going to cost you everything. And so right, right there, you know, at the very beginning of this, Jesus is messing with our general view of how we take in something new, right? When, when somebody has something new to offer us, our, our tendency is to say, what's in it for me? What, what, what's in it for me? What can I get out of this? But Jesus, he flips that on the, the head, right? He says, this is going to cost you everything. Like right off the bat, Jesus is saying, if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my follower, it's got to be all about me. It can't be about you. Like anything you get out of it, it has to be a distant second. It has to be about Jesus. And so in order to embark on this journey of following Jesus, right, we've got to deny ourselves. We've got to drop our own agenda at the door. We've got to leave our selfish reasoning behind. Right, and so Jesus says, if you want to do that, if you want to follow me, you've got to turn from your selfish ways. But if that's not hard enough, right, he ramps it up to another level and he says, and take up your cross to follow me. So right off the start, right, Jesus is saying, up front, he's giving it to you straight. He's saying, hey, I don't, I don't want you to come around here and play games. I don't want you to come around here and go through the holy motions, right, and just go through the role of playing a Christian. Right from the very beginning, right up front, Jesus gives you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Right, like this is intense, this is intense. If, if I were one of Jesus' disciples, like this would be hard for me. This would be hard for me. I, I'd probably go up to him and I'd be like, Jesus, that's his name, right? Jesus, I, I know that you're the God who spoke this world into existence, right? And that was great. But let me give you a few preaching tips, right? That this whole deny yourself and take up your cross, it's a little bit heavy, Right? How, how about you just work the crowd a little bit first, Jesus? Or like maybe, maybe get them chanting, right? Like, give me a J, J, you've got your J, you've got your J, give me an E. Right? And, they, and they start chanting, Jesus, right? Get them going. And then as they're chanting your name, Jesus, 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 then hit them with the whole take up your cross business at that point. Right? That's, that's what I would have told Jesus. I would have told him to say that. Or, or, or I might have. I might have gone up to Jesus. I might have said, 
love you, man. Trust you. Think you're awesome. But this whole carry your cross thing is putting off the crowd quite a bit. They're getting overwhelmed with the weight of your talk. Right? How about you start by talking about the really light parts of Christianity? Right? The joy and the gladness. Right? The potlucks and the wine. Like, like give them some of that first. And, right, and, and then after they sign up for that, right, then give them the fine print that they're going to have to take up their cross. Then give them the fine print. You see, if I was Jesus' disciples, I probably would have told him to lighten up that message. But the thing is, I don't think Jesus could have done that, even if he had wanted to. Right, because Jesus, he is love. Jesus is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you were to cut Jesus, he would bleed truth and love. Right, because what is love if it's not founded in truth? And so Jesus had no other option but to give it to us straight. He couldn't help but give us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that's what he said then. And I believe that that's what he would say now, that if you want to be my follower, you've got to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Right, and here's why I think that Jesus gave it to them straight. Jesus knew that if we signed up if we signed up to follow him under false pretenses, false expectations, right, that it wouldn't be long before we found out that what we had signed up for wasn't what he had been offering. We would throw it away. Right, because we would find out that if we signed up for that under false expectations, that eventually life would get hard, there would be challenges, there would be struggles, and we would say, I thought that was all gone, this Jesus guy must not work, and you would throw it away. We throw it away, right? Because if we buy into something and we think that that's what we're getting, but we find out it's not offering that, we want to get rid of it, right? It's kind of like, it's like one of those ab machines, right? Or, or a shake weight, too. I, I don't know if you've seen the shake weights. Those are great. But, but an ab machine, right? We, we see the infomercial for the ab machine, right? It says something like, just 10 minutes a day, and you can have rock-hard abs like this. Shazam, right? And then this, like, 48-year-old guy has a six-pack, and you're like, yeah, I want that. I mean, 26 and I don't have that. Give me one of those. And so we see that and we, we call the number and we're like, we will, we will pay the nine easy installments of 1999. We will do that. Right, and they ship us out, our Abmaster Pro. Right, it comes in its box. We rip open the box. We're like getting ready to go. We get a little tired from that. So we're worried about what's going to happen when we bust out our Abmaster Pro. Right, and so we snag, we snag that thing and we start doing our crunches. Right, we, we start crunching out on the Abmaster Pro or whatever weird motions that they have you do on some of those things. Right, and it doesn't take long before we realize it doesn't give us immediate rock-hard abs or it doesn't immediately give us a skinny gut. Right? All it gives us is a sore gut. And we're like, that is not what I signed up for. Right? We don't want that. And so we, we throw it out or we store it in the garage. We get rid of it. Right, and that's what happens with a lot of people who buy into a Christianity that Jesus was never selling. Right, that's what happens when we preach and teach and market a Christianity that says all you need to do is hang around the outer edges. All you need to do is show up every once in a while. Right, and then as long as you pay your little monthly, of install, monthly installment, right, you'll get some holy anointing. Jesus will fill your pockets. Right, you'll, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise. 
when we pitch and promote and project that kind of gospel, that it's cheap and that it's easy, right? People will eventually get to a point when life gets hard and they'll be like, that is not what I signed up for, and they will throw it away, right? I think that that's also why a lot of people, they start their journey with Jesus, but they don't finish their journey with Jesus, right? And because at the end of the day, Jesus is actually more concerned with the way we end up than the way we start. And because of that, that's why he'll give you the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. No matter how hard it is, no matter how harsh it is, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how confronting it is, that is why he will give it to you straight, right up front, because he is more concerned with how you end up than how you start. But I told you that this was going to be one of the worst sermons you've ever heard. right? Because Jesus is saying, if you want to come around, and play games. That's awesome. Come around and play games. And you'll be one of the, the best game players in the world. He says, if you want to come around once a week and you want to pay lip service to me, great, come around and do that. And you'll be one of the best lip service givers in the world. But if you truly want to come after me, he says, you've got to deny yourself. You've got to take up your cross. And you've got to follow me. But it's got to be all about God. It's got to be all about God for his glory. Not because he's some insecure God, but because he's God. Just because he's God. And that's how God rolls. Right, so if you really want the real deal, if you don't want the fake stuff, then you've got to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and then follow him. All right, so in all this, there's a challenge here, isn't there? There's a, there's a challenge here And Jesus makes it abundantly clear that to follow him is going to be a lot like carrying a cross. Right, and 2,000 years ago, the concept of carrying a cross would have been something that everyone was familiar with. That would have made complete sense to them. Right, when, when Jesus said that, they would have been like, wow, that's intense. Right, and some of those people, when he said that to them, they would have been like, all right, I get that, bring it on. Some of them would have been like, whoa, no, that, that's, that's too much, and they would have stepped back. But every single one of those people who heard it would have been like, I get that. I get it. That makes sense. Right? And so it's of paramount importance that we understand the cost of carrying a cross. We've got to understand what Jesus was saying. So for the next 15 minutes or so, and when I say 15 minutes or so, I lean more on the so side, right? Where we're going to unpack what Jesus was actually saying, right? When he said, take up your cross and follow me. And then here's how we're going to do this. What we're going to do is I'm going to use this guy right here, this, this wooden pulpit. And I'm going to use it to help us visualize what it means to carry a cross, right? And what Jesus was saying. So in the next 15 minutes or so, like I said, I'm going to create, I'm going to create this awkward space, this uncomfortable moment for anybody here who's ready to get rid of the fake stuff, throw aside the lip service and take on the real deal, what it really means to truly follow Jesus, to take up your cross and follow him no matter the cost. But before we get there, before we get there, we're going to make some observations 
We're going to make some observations about carrying a cross by watching me haul around this wooden pulpit. So let's get started, huh? What's the first thing that we can observe about carrying a cross? It's this. Carrying a cross is uncomfortable. Everyone say uncomfortable. All right, write that down. Carrying a cross is uncomfortable. Like Jesus said, up front, if you want to follow me, you've got to take up your cross, and that's going to be uncomfortable. Right? Like, for instance, this is not comfortable. Right? It's digging into my pointy shoulder bone. I would say muscles, but I don't have many of those. Right? And what it's doing is it, it's, it's crushing my, my shoulder, and it's cutting off the blood flow to my brain. Like, I'm about to pass out. Okay? And that's, and that's why I'm making sure this front row is paying attention. Because you don't know when I'm going down. All right? But that, that's what Jesus was saying. Right? He was saying right up front, it's going to be uncomfortable. Right? Like if you thought that, that, that taking up your cross and following after Jesus was a ramp onto easy street, right, you would be sadly and sorely mistaken. Because it's about to get profoundly uncomfortable carrying that cross. Right? Like in the old days, before you picked up the cross, you could do whatever you wanted to do. You could spend your money any way you wanted to spend your money. You could go wherever you wanted to go. You could vacation wherever you wanted to vacation. It was yours. But once you pick up a cross, it's no longer your agenda. It becomes God's agenda. It becomes God's agenda. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. It gets, it's going to get uncomfortable. Right, like a lot of us, we're, we're comfortable taking Jesus along, along for the ride for a while, right? We're comfortable. He's the big guy in the sky. He adds value to our lives. Right, like whenever, whenever we need help, and whenever we're in a bind, whenever we're in trouble, whenever something's going wrong, when we need someone to get us across the line, then we'll turn to Jesus. Right, but when everything's okay, when everything's going fine, we put him in a box, Put him in a box. And Jesus is saying, if you pick up this cross, you don't get that option anymore. You don't get that option anymore. To take up your cross and follow Jesus, it's going to be uncomfortable. What else can we observe about carrying a cross? What do do we notice? That's a hint, by the way. We notice carrying a cross is noticeable. Write that down. Carrying a cross is noticeable. I mean, because everyone here has to be wondering, why is the tiny guy carrying a pulpit on his shoulder? (laughs) Well, like, that's a legit question. That is very, very fair, because it's the most noticeable thing about me right now. Like, this overshadows the baseball hat. (laughs) And and so it's it's noticeable, and that's what Jesus says. If you're going to take up a cross, it's going to be noticeable. Right, like, this cross, it's not some, some shiny fashion statement. Right, like, it's a hulking massive lump of wood. That's deep. Lump of wood. Right, and people are going to notice it. Like, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, come up here after the service. Pick this baby up and take it home. All right, take it home. And, and what a lot of people do after 11 o'clock service, they go and hit Costco. So, so go to Costco. Put your pulpit on your shoulder, go to Costco, flash them your card, and walk in there, right? 
Yes, everything's in bulk, but they will still notice your pulpit. Right? And everyone will look at you and they will say, why is that crazy fool carrying around a pulpit on his shoulder? Because it is noticeable. Right? That's what Jesus is saying. That's what he's saying. If you take up your cross and follow him, it's going to be noticeable. That means everyone is going to notice that there is actually something different about you. When you walk into the place you work, when you walk into school, when you walk into the gym that you work out at, when you go through your neighborhood, people are supposed to actually notice that there's something different about you when you take up your cross to follow him. Carrying a cross is noticeable. Carrying a cross is uncomfortable. What else can we observe about carrying a cross? Just so you know, when I ask that question, it's rhetorical. You are not meant to answer. I have the answers already. All right? So carrying a cross, the third thing that we can observe about carrying a cross. The third thing we can see. Hey, carrying a cross is inconvenient. Inconvenient. Write that down. Carrying a cross is inconvenient. Think about it like this. Before, before I lifted this pulpit up and put it on my shoulder, I was cruising back and forth as fast as Edward Cullen. Right? That's a, that's, a, that's a youth joke right there. If you don't know who Edward Cullen is, you have not watched enough Twilight. All right? Team Edward, he, he flits back and forth because he's a vampire and he's fast. And I used to be as fast as Edward Cullen. Now I've slowed down. And this has become awfully inconvenient to my mobility. Right, but the same, the same is true for you. If you actually took me up on that offer and you came up here and snagged this pulpit for the rest of the day, which for the 11 o'clock, you guys can just have it. I don't need it again, right? You take it, and you take it out, and you try and get in the car. Let's say you get in the car, however you did that, right? You get in the car. First time you take a turn, touch your wife's face, (laughs) right? Like, you're in the doghouse. Who knew you could be in the doghouse for carrying a cross, right? Or you get home at night. It's time to go to bed, right? And you're trying to put on your footsie pajamas, Right, and you're trying to squeeze it over your cross, you're going to get splinters, but well, you don't want splinters. I'm just saying, right? As funny as that is, because I think it's funny, right? as funny as that is, Jesus, he's being up front with us. He is being up front with us. From the very beginning, he's saying carrying a cross is going to be inconvenient. It's going to be inconvenient. That means when you don't want it around, you can't store it in the closet. You can't hide it down in the crawl space when it doesn't suit you anymore. Right? Carrying a cross is inconvenient, and it's going to spring out at the most inconvenient times. Right? Maybe you were coasting through your job, or maybe you were coasting to the next chapter of your life, your future plan. Right? Maybe you were willing to settle for a mundane marriage or some subpar relationships with your family. But now carrying a cross, it's going to be inconvenient for you to work on that, to change that, to do something about that. Jesus says carrying a cross is uncomfortable. Everyone say uncomfortable. Carrying a cross is noticeable. Everyone say noticeable. Carrying a cross is inconvenient. Everyone say inconvenient. Yeah. What else can we observe about carrying a cross? Besides that it's awfully heavy, right? Like, I weighed this before, 500 pounds. 
I'm just joking. Right, so what else can we notice? We notice this, carrying a cross is personal. Carrying a cross is personal. It is deeply personal. One cross per person. Those are just the rules. Only you can make the decision to pick up your cross and carry it. Yes, there are times, like in the Jesus story, right, someone will come along and help you for a time. But at the end of the day, it is your cross to carry, and you have to decide if that's what you want to do. One cross per person is deeply personal, right? That means that our pastors can't carry our crosses. Our family can't carry our cross. Our parents can't carry our cross. Our spouse can't carry our cross. Our friends can't carry our cross. At some point, we have to decide, okay, okay, God, I'm picking up this cross for your glory, for the cause of Christ, and it's mine to carry. At some point, it has to become personal. And carrying a cross is deeply personal. Right? One cross per person. Those are just the rules. So carrying a cross, it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. Right? It's noticeable. It's personal. What else can we observe about carrying a cross? How about this? Carrying a cross is uncool. That's right. Write that down. Carrying a cross is uncool. It's not as profound as the other ones. I get that. Carrying a cross is uncool. Right? Like I said, it's not, it's not some fashion statement. Right, it's not some, something that you can tuck inside your shirt when you go into a place and you don't want it seen anymore. Right, it, it's going to be uncool. Like in, in here, inside the four walls of, of this building, as, as we're together with the Journey Church family, carrying a cross could be cool. Because if you're carrying one, I think you're cool. I'll just tell you that right now. Right, it, it can be cool in here. But, but we all know that when we walk out there, the world does not operate in the same system. Right, they don't see it as cool. You walk into your workplace, you walk into your job, you sometimes walk into your house, right, and it's not seen as cool. Right, like I'll, I'll tell you up front, because that's kind of what we've been doing the whole time here, right, I'll tell you up front, choosing to follow Jesus, picking up your cross and following him is probably not gonna get you the applause and recognition of man. What's more likely going to get you rejection. Carrying a cross, it's uncool. Carrying a cross is uncomfortable, it's noticeable, it's inconvenient, it's personal, it's uncool. What else can we observe about carrying a cross? Last one, you should have one blank left. One blank, because I don't want you to go home with any blanks that aren't filled in. I know what that feels like. Last one, carrying a cross is permanent. Carrying a cross is permanent. I'll be honest with you, this is the hardest one. But like for me, I don't like to commit to doing things forever. I like to keep my options open. But like I like to do that because then when something doesn't suit me any longer, I can leave it behind. Or like that, that's pretty logical and reasonable and just plain good time management, right? To not commit to doing things forever. You don't get tied in for forever, Right, but Jesus, he messes with that. 
as he has a tendency to do. He messes with that. Right, because, because the people he was talking to 2,000 years ago, right, they had seen people carry crosses. They had seen someone carry it at one point or another. And they had walked up a hill and they never came back. They knew that when Jesus said, you're going to take up your cross, that it was going to be permanent. It was going to be for life. Like, that's a big deal. Something for life. Right, so Jesus said, hey, if you want to come after me, right, if you want the real deal, if you want to cash in the fake stuff, you've got to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. And there's going to be a time when it gets uncomfortable. It's going to be noticeable. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be personal. It's going to be uncool. And it's going to be permanent for life. For life. Right, and I, I know that there are people in here today who have come after Jesus and they're, they're not playing games. They've got the real deal. And I know that there are people here who know that the truth has set them free. And I also know that there are people here today who they want the truth up front. No matter how hard it is, no matter how harsh it is, if it means that it's going to bring them life, they would rather hear that up front then be fed some, some fictional lie that, that this thing will walk you through a bunch of years unscathed. Easy as pie. They'd rather hear it like that. Right, and that's why Jesus says, he draws the crowd, the crowd comes to him, and he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, then you've got to turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. Right, like, and it, that, that's, that's not beautiful. That's not this wonderful, pretty attractive message, right? And if you think that it got attractive in other messages that, that Jesus gave and other talks he gave, he says things like, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. Right, he, he, says, he says, love your enemies and turn the other cheek. He says, go the extra mile. He says, drink my blood and eat my flesh before twilight made it cool. Right, he says to follow me. To follow me, the road is narrow. And that's why he gives it to you straight up front. Because he wants you to know. He wants you to know what it will really mean to follow him. And that's what carrying a cross is all about. And so that was a charge, right, that Jesus gave to a crowd of people multiple times some 2,000 years ago, right? It's, it's this charge that he gave to them then, and I believe it's what he would give to us now. But it's not necessarily like some wonderful appeal, right? But it's like a personal challenge or dare from Jesus, right? And he would rather have you have that truth up front and so that's what he did then, and that's what he does now. Right? And so maybe, maybe you have some religious framework, you have some spiritual framework, some church framework, and now what Jesus has done is he's exploded this bombshell in the middle of all of it. Right? And he says, if you want the real deal, 
Right? If you don't want any more lip service, fake, holy motions, Christianity, if you don't want that, then it's got to be about him. It can't be about you. It's going to require you to turn from your selfish ways. You've got to turn from it being about you, take up your cross, and follow him. Right? And he knows that that's going to require you to carry that cross, and it's going to get uncomfortable. It's going to be noticeable. It's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be personal. It's going to be uncool. And it's going to be permanent for life. He knew it then. And that's what he would say to us now. I told you, right, that this was going to be one of the worst talks you've ever heard. But as challenging as it is, right, so deeply important it is as well. So now what? Right now what? How, how do you respond to such a thing as that? How do we respond? How do I respond to something like that? There's this passage in, in John chapter 6, John 6 verse 66. Don't look into that. Right where, where, where Jesus puts forth a similar challenge to a group, to a crowd of people. And when he issues that challenge, some people, they choose to walk away. Right, because the cost is much too high. That's too intense. Right, some people, they, they decide they're going to stand on the sideline because they, that's, that's too much for them. And, and so as, as these people are walking away, as they're, as they're turning their back on Jesus saying, that, that's too much for me, Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, what, what will you do? How will you respond? Right, and, and his disciples, they look back at him. And they say, Jesus, we've come much too far. Where else would we go? We know that you bring life eternal. We know that you've rescued us and redeemed us, that you are truth, that you are love, that you spoke this whole world into existence. Where else would we go? And they choose to stand with him, and they choose in that moment to take up their cross and follow him. Because where else would they go? Right? And so the question is, how will you respond? How will you respond? Right? And normally at this point in a message, I would say, would you put your things aside and close your eyes and bow your heads? But today I'm not going to ask you that. Today I'm going to say, well, will you keep your eyes open and your head raised? Because what I want to do today is I want to create that space for those of us who are ready to commit to taking up our cross and following Jesus. My eyes will be open because I don't want you to think that it's not important or that it's easy or that it's a light-hearted decision. Right, to go along with what we've been talking about, it's the real deal. And it's something you're committing to do for life. Right, and so I believe that there, there's someone here today who's gonna listen to this and they're gonna, they're gonna hear Jesus say, all right, this is what it costs. And they're gonna count that cost. And they're gonna say, all right, Jesus, here's, here's my life. I can't think of anything better to do with it. It's yours. And someone here's gonna say that today. And here's how we're gonna do it. Right, with every eye open, with every head raised, I wanna invite you, if you are bold enough, if you are ready to make that commitment, if you are ready to take that step and say, all right, I'm done with the fake stuff. 
I'm done with lip service Christianity. I'm done playing games. I want the real deal. If that's you and you're here today, I want you to just stand up where you are and stay standing and make eye contact with me. Yep, over there. If that's you here today, up front, in the side, in the back. If that's you here today and you're like, all right, I'm in. I'm all in, no matter the cost. Right, people are standing up all over the room because they're giving their life right now to say, all right, Jesus, I'm going to take up my cross and I'm going to follow you no matter what. And let's just all stand together. Let's stand with one another together and I'll close us in prayer. Let's pray. God, nothing could be bigger than what we're seeing people do right now people saying, all right, I'm tired of the motions. I'm tired of walking through the games and I want the real deal, God. We've seen people do that. And God, I pray that for every one of us here, you would give us that boldness, that bravery to take that step, to actually take up our cross and follow you. And God, I pray that we know that, that when we do that, we're not, we're not heaping our sin and our burdens and our past on our shoulders. But when we pick up the cross to follow you, what you did on that cross is replacing and forgiving and wiping clean everything that we were. And from this point forward, God, you're giving us the courage to walk with you no matter the cost. And I pray that we would do that day in and day out that our relationship with you would grow deep and be real and that we would do whatever it takes to draw close to you and connect with you, God. We thank you for who you are and this is all for your glory, God. We love you and in your name we pray, amen.